Welcome back to Blitz on the Balcony, presented by Brews on the Balcony. I am your host, Zach Zook. I'm joined by the whole crew, TJ Weber, Nick Yale. Is is Big Web a part of Blitz on the Balcony anymore? Well, the thing is, so are we naming the live show with, hopefully there is a live show with football coming back, hopefully. Yes, uh, I would say so. Will we say Blitz on the Balcony Live so. is what we'll call it then? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. so yes, yeah. Big Web is a part of it. Big, All right. Big well, web. that's great. He just hasn't we, well, chimed in lately. But, he's busy. Uh, uh-huh. He's working on the uh, working on the new the new digs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got in his new house. He's been he's been a little busy, but he's all right. He, I he'll just, be ready I just to gotta go. give him a hard time. You know, you know how it is. <laughs> but uh guys, a lot has happened since the last time uh we last spoke. Even when I did the podcast by myself last week, a lot has happened since then. Uh we have one fewer football league in existence today. Yeah, man. It's a sad day. It's a sad day that the XFL has now officially shut down and filed for bankruptcy. I expected it. When they said they were going to be back for 2021 after suspending the season, I had a feeling it was over because they were just trying to save face and even though they're panicking behind closed doors. There was no way, man. I mean, you're in your first year back. There's no way you can afford that much time off with no sponsorship dollars, no, no TV revenue, can't pay your employees sucks it, it fucking sucks especially for the battle hawks leaving it just it's not fair the, the way everything was going just on top of it the fans that they were going to pack that place against los angeles i was going to be at that game they're going to open the top bowl at Edward jones dome or whatever the fuck it's called now it was going to be great but uh dome at america center is it what's it called the dome at america center yeah i call it the edward yeah, jones dome that's what stupid good marketing is that's what i remember it as is the edward jones dome that's it they pulled their Me name too. off of it because it's bad, bad marketing now. Yeah. <laughs> having, having <laughs> where where they're at, but no, yeah, sad. Uh, Jordan Te'amu got out at the right time. He, he sort uh, of PJ Walker. Yeah, both guys going to the NFL. Uh, Jordan playing for being a backup in, in uh, Kansas City. Uh, both got out at the right time. But yeah, just kind of a shitty situation for not only the players but all the league employees and stuff that quit their other jobs to go work for the XFL and then they file for bankruptcy and lay, lay everybody off. There was no chance that they were going to get back in uh, in that in 2021. I mean, Vince McMahon put up all that money for it to kind of keep it afloat and get it going, but without the TV revenue dollars and the other revenue you're bringing in from the teams and merchandise sales and all the other revenue streams because of this coronavirus, um, there's just no way that you're going to be able to sit through, wait it out a year, and then return in 2021 full-fledged like you did i mean i and i'll be interested to see i i would imagine we probably won't see any more uh after seeing the xfl first time around then the aaf and then the xfl second time around i think this pretty much is probably just going to put a bow on the uh the idea of football in the spring what's going to suck though is that the xfl to me was working and uh they really have no you know grasp on this there's no way they could have seen this coming i don't think anybody saw not the XFL shutting down, but the coronavirus. Pandemic. Yeah, I don't yeah, think I don't anybody think... had global pan- pandemic on their bingo card it wasn't for on 2020. Their, it wasn't on their calendar, so I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't think yeah. uh, you know Vince McMahon, I don't know. I mean, you can be pissed off. I would be too if I lost my job, and I feel for a lot of those guys that we do know that work for the Battle Hawks, but How, it's just the way it is. However, uh, Wimbledon did have pandemic insurance on their uh, – on uh, on Wimbledon, so they canceled, and they're getting a massive payout because of the God, coronavirus. How much do you think you got to pay per month or something or per year to be have a pandemic insurance? I, I want to say they paid something like seventeen million a year for pandemic insurance or what? something really? crazy like that. Yeah, seventeen million yeah, and are, a year. And are getting paid like over three hundred million dollars. That that could be those, for how long? Those, those numbers uh, could be off. Um, <laughs> I'll, 
I'll get the. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure to fact check that because that's uh, that's wild. That has numbers involved. I mean, they're the smart people in the whole world now, but like paying that that's a that's a risk well man. i mean when you're making that much money it's it's you know i guess you, million well you we made 700 million dollars off wimbledon this year well you got a minus 17 of that for yep. the pandemic insurance <laughs> around 114 million pounds uh the the all england lawn tennis club has purchased pandemic insurance for the last 17 years making it one of the few sporting events that sept that prepared for COVID 19 if the sporting event was postponed instead of canceled they would not be eligible for a payout they it has been paying around one okay not that much 1.5 million pounds per year i was gonna say pandemic insurance so what's 1.5 million pounds equate to in uh united states dollars i get their their google their google their google machine pounds to dollars my internet sucks. My God, this is a great show that, content. That, Zook, I'm so sorry. That, uh, it's 1.25 United States dollar. So, so 1.25 million, and they're getting 114 million in their payout uh, <laughs> pounds. But get their calculators to, out. To dollars. Yeah, I, I still don't think this is right. I don't think no, this is relevant. Uh, they're getting 100. So they're getting 100. You know who's getting no pounds? Vince McMahon. <laughs> I'm getting pounds so, in quarantine. So, That's what I'm so doing. So for 17 years, they paid $1.25 million. So double that. That's like they paid like $25, $26 million. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of fucking in money. In pandemic insurance, and they're getting $142 million in pandemic insurance payout. So they made money off of buying pandemic insurance. <laughs> That's good. Look at that. So Wimbledon, the XFL, however, did not get pandemic insurance. Therefore, they are uh, bankrupt. Well, there you go, Zook. You're worried about Wimbledon. <laughs> that puts a ball on that pretty nicely, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it? That'll yeah. do it for the show. Let's wrap her up. I mean, yeah. you know, it just it, wrap her up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't have a ton of thoughts on it other than, uh, yeah, I mean, it just it stinks. It's a bummer. Uh, less football to go around for all of us. And obviously from a community perspective, the Battlehawks were the biggest success at a any of the eight teams, I think. By I far. Think yeah, that's, by far. That's the thing I think you have to look at is like, yes, St. Louis, it, what – what did well for the XFL, really for St. Louis, was that, hey, people will still support pro football here in St. Louis. Whether that's the XFL, NFL, AF, whatever potential league or team that comes here, regardless of talent or skill level, that the supporters of St. Louis will back the team. However, I think if you're looking at it from a league-wide standpoint, how much uh, credit were these other teams getting? Yeah, we were seeing some cool stories coming out of the Beer Snake, which originated in, I think, D.C., um, Cup snakes. Hasn't like yeah, the Cub DC, fans done that at Wrigley a ton though? Like, yeah, and, and, but there, you know, and my my point being, there were some good stories to come out of some of the other XFL teams. But how was the longevity actually there for the XFL in those cities like Los Angeles, Dallas, Houston, DC? I think DC may have been the other uh, big time supporter of their of their team yeah, outside of hate St. The Louis. Redskins. Right, right, right. But like Seattle, Tampa Bay. I mean, you know. It, it, it to me, it's just it's hard to compete with the NFL, and you were gonna really need a few really solid years in a row of XFL football for it really to catch hold. It caught it was lightning in a bottle for St. Louis. That was gonna happen anyway. But St. Louis is the only XFL team that didn't have a professional NFL team also in that city already. Yeah, that's the thing is I think they did the right thing of putting it in St. Louis. They proved that, and and, and the same thing is too if down the road and. You know, I don't know what the the odds are because of the fact that St. Louis has lost 
to pro football teams now, to NFL football teams, I should say. Bring the Jaguars home. Uh, but the fact that if they do want to have that conversation later on, can St. Louis support a team, that just proved right there. Yes. They can support yeah. football. Absolutely yeah. can. 100%. If they ever think expansion down the line, which yeah. we'll see. Which, I mean, we've been screwed by the NFL enough anyway, so it yeah. doesn't matter. But And yet we still love the league and talk about it. It just sucks. I wish <laughs> I wish it was a shitty league. I wish I hated it. I love every minute of it. I do. It's like well, it's like we'll get a ex- chance to make fun of Roger during the draft. Oh yeah, damn up. right from his basement. Uh, he's going to be doing it from his basement. There are a ton of different. It's going to be a little bit different this year. Uh, I don't know how exactly there. I still don't know all the details of it. I don't know what all has been made public. It's obviously all moving like pretty fast. I know, I know that the teams are going to be uh, apparently all from their houses they're gonna to have to do like a zoom conference call yeah and roger's gonna announce the picks from his basement and everybody's gonna be separate so i don't know how it's gonna look as a tv production it's gonna be weird but it's also gonna be the highest rated draft in nfl history by a mile yeah it's crazy once the this happens even though it's a terrible situation for sports and and the nfl still wins it's crazy i yep. mean you'd think that <laughs> the do. nfl always finds a way for things to work out in their favor. Yes, it, it's. I'm, I'm going with the side of kind of the Are evil empire. Are you saying empire. the NFL started coronavirus? I'm not is, saying that. Is that, that the hot take you're making that right now? That is not what I'm saying. <laughs> what I'm saying is the XFL's gone. They're done. And now you have a an event that's going to be from Roger Goodell's basement that's going to be the most watched sporting event uh, for the last few months because of the fact that there's nothing else going on. So Literally. crazy that when this situation's happening, a sad, crappy situation for everybody, that the NFL somehow is making it uh, a positive thing for them. It's 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 wild. I, it's crazy how the – I mean, they, they do make moves that work out for them, but how the dominoes fall in their favor all the time. They are always, you know, as – any business you got to be willing to adapt and uh, change depending on your surroundings and the nfl is just capitalizing on like you said a shitty situation and making the most of it so credit to them on on that part because we'll actually get some semblance of sporting event but i'm so bummed that we're not going to get to see it at uh bellagio in las vegas the the, the nfl is doing a better job at making more of an event out of the nfl draft than they used to um seems like the past couple years you know whether it be in in Chicago or New York, just, you know, regular draft, regular scene. But then, like, what they did last year in Nashville and how they packed the streets in Nashville with all those people. Um, and then, obviously, being in Vegas when they're going to use the boats and stuff out on the Bellagio Fountains, I think was going to be going to be pretty cool scene to It was going to be outrageous. Yeah, just from, like, a, a viewership standpoint, not even, like, the actual event itself, but just from a fan perspective standpoint – I think the NFL is doing a good job about making it more of an event for the fans than than just a calling the players' names and, and having them come up on stage. Yeah, and it's that's the fun part about it is it was going to be something new, something uh, to take it to the next level. But I, Zook, I was talking to Nick about this. We actually mentioned a little football and brews the other day when Goodell said that they were going to be doing it from his basement. At least yeah, the, I heard the, that. The first round. Um, we were kind of talking about you know how shitty it is that they couldn't still do it you know, live from the from Bellagio and live from the fountains in Vegas, even with no fans there. 
But I was sitting there like, what's what's the upside for Vegas? Like, they don't need any more like marketing. They they need people their asses in seats at blackjack tables and at the slot machines. Right. And like, if there's nobody gambling, why would they have it? So I don't know if that had anything to do with it. But I mean, so do you know if they're going to have the twenty? And I don't need, I don't think the NFL knows. But uh, have they made an announcement one way or the other of where they're going to have the next year's draft? Because if I was them, I'd push everything back. I'd do this Vegas thing next year. Yeah, I agree. I That's don't know if they I have or not. Well. Don't they? Go like a year, just two the, years ahead for or the something? fans to for the city for the league. It was going to be a win 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 for everybody. So it, it, yeah, it sucks we can't have it this year. But why why not just push that back? It's it would have been awesome to see everybody rolling in on little little boats. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> see, it would have been great. Can you imagine seeing a three hundred plus pound man rode to the draft <laughs> stage in a little boat across the river sticks Hell like yeah, he's passing man. into the afterlife i would have seen rogers dumbass across those fountains in a little boat and see the memes that would have popped I mean, up from i'm, a I'm video sure they were gonna be like a nice boat. like little yacht looking thing yeah they, you know? yeah, they would have given him you bring something. up a good point the memes were going to be robbed oh, of because of God. this are endless it uh, would have been spectacular to see joe burrow like in just his the sick ass suit, like a Tiger King looking suit type of thing with oh, glasses, dude. and it's little just paddle boat shit he or something. He was totally gonna rock some fucking Tiger King bullshit oh, coming up out of there. You know the Vikings would have done something really over the top for their pick too yep. with their little boat. <laughs> they bring the whole like horn and everything. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. now we're talking. God, this is what COVID nineteen uh, you know deprived us of. It was uh, the fact that we could have seen this shit forever. Seeing a four hundred pound offensive lineman wearing a Viking helmet rolling in on a, <laughs> rolling in on a little fucking uh, fucking pirate oh, ship. God, oh yeah. man! It, I hope they push it back. I don't know. I always thought that it was in New York for so long at yeah, Radio City Music Hall. Right. That I don't know if it is a year by year basis. I'd imagine it's not. It's I a know lot they of were in Chicago. They were so overrated. They were in they Chicago. They've been anymore. in Canton. They've been in Philadelphia. Chicago. They were in. They were in Nashville. So they move around a little bit. But like I said, it's always in a, just like in some building, and then you know they have a red carpet and that kind of thing. But now, then last year they had Nashville. They had it outside, with like where literally the entire Nashville street was full of. Um, NFL super fans and all the bachelorette parties are like, what's going on? <laughs> I, yeah, there I are all these football people oh, here. I have a drop on this. I forgot. You do. You do. I've never been able to use this drop. Now I can. Now it's this I'm... chick talking shit about the Bengals. <laughs> Remember, she's like, oh, you're the Bengals. You think you're cool. You're not cool. Oh, you think you're the Bengals. You think you're cool. You're not cool. <laughs> I don't know why. They were <laughs> like, they were all mad that there was the, uh, the NFL, NFL draft. Did you during. play it? Can no, I not hear it? The Bengals. You think you're cool. You're not cool. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear that or not, but I can't. <laughs> oh, you're the Bengals. Oh. You think you're cool. You're not cool. <laughs> They're all pissed off because they were like, oh, you're in the. I remember the video. I've party. seen the video before. They were just devastated. Yeah, it's like that their weekend not, had been ruined not, by like, a bunch of drunk check dudes. the schedule before you book your trip. <laughs> I mean, all you have to do is literally search the date, like April 20, whatever, 25th to do the 26th for when you're going in Google, and you'll see. NFL draft pop like probably right up first. Why would thing. it ruin it though? I know it's a little bit more crowded, but I mean, a little shit. bit, a lot of you can't move anywhere. Yeah, it, it was crazy. You can't yeah, move anywhere. If you weekend. were trying to do a bachelorette, you want to ride all the bullshit like drunk, uh, like the those those pedaling things. All, you couldn't do any of those because all the streets were closed because it was just filled with people. How many overweight middle aged men were in heaven though, trying to hit on all these bachelorette <laughs> oh. parties? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, Can you imagine just, just absolutely doing a doing a boys trip, bunch of 35, 45 year old dads just sitting there drunk <laughs> off their asses 
What do you think Bob? Should I go talk to her? Oh, yeah, you're great, man. They're looking at you the whole time. All fat and happy after they just drafted (laughs) Drew Lott to their Broncos in the second round. I mean, hell yeah. That would have been fucking gold to see that. I mean, I'm sure you think of the content opportunities Oh, my God, yeah. How about it? That would have been fantastic. So are you happy about your draft pick? Yeah. I tell you what, I see my number one draft pick right over there across (laughs) the bar. I see a future ex-wife over there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yep. I, well, I, I really uh, hope let's it's... get into the draft. Uh, is if, unless you guys have anything else? No, um, no. I, I I agree with you though. I hope they continue to to push for Vegas. I think that's going to be great. When they, I think they eventually will, but hopefully it's yeah. next year. Hashtag Vegas twenty twenty one. Hell yeah. Um, I, I so I pu- I published the mock draft, the the Blitz mock draft, uh, about right before we started here, and uh, let's go. We'll go every five picks. Uh, and I'll tell you kind of my, my thinking, and uh, then I'll open it to you guys for some comments. We don't need to highlight every single one, but kind of go on what well, stands out to you. Uh, I did project some trades in these. There were six trades in the first round of the NFL draft last year. Um, I'm not sure how the COVID-19 impact will, will affect the trades this year, I think that there will be about the same amount of trades in the first round because you're having all everybody knows where they're picking. So you're having those calls and you know who's going to be there about the value. Uh, but I think the day two, day three picks, the trade, the trading for those, that's going to be a little hectic. So I think those might get impacted a little bit with the technical difficulties, but I don't think there will be a huge impact with the amount of trades in the first round. So I projected some trades in here. I hate the ones that don't project trades, the mocks. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's it, not there's natural. gonna be trades. Yeah. There's gonna be trades in the draft. So why wouldn't you why wouldn't you reflect that? That's the thing. So, I don't know why people don't do that. It's like, oh, here's the straight up picks if it were to happen. Well, you know it's yeah. not. So yeah. like do a trade. Like do it. I've seen that too. It, it annoys me because I know exactly well, what you're Lions talking about. Well, the Lions aren't gonna pick here, but if they do, it'll be Jeff Okuda. Well, yeah. they're not so, fucking so, picking him. Well, there, yeah, what does so. that do for anybody? <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. Nothing. Exactly. And then it ruins the board for the rest of the rest of the way because obviously they picked the player there that that's not gonna happen. So. Right. I tried to at least take that guesswork out of it. Uh, the the first trade in last year's NFL draft didn't happen until pick 10, and then they had five more the rest of the way. So here are the first five picks. The Cincinnati Bengals take quarterback Joe Burrow out of LSU. That's a pretty popular one. At number two, the Washington Redskins taking edge Chase Young. That's another chalk pick. And uh, the first, I guess, I think the draft really starts at pick three with the Lions. Uh, I have them trading that pick away to the Los Angeles Chargers who come up from six to grab quarterback to attack of Aloha from Alabama. The New York Giants at four select Jedrick Wills, tackle Alabama, and then the Miami Dolphins at five take Justin Herbert from Oregon. Uh, what do you guys think about the top five? TJ, what do you think about your Lions trading out, the likelihood of that? I think we hit on that a couple weeks ago. Uh, but where do you see them looking uh, at this point in the draft? No, I, I love it. I, I do like the trade because I think it could happen. Um, I Looking at Okuda a little bit, I've kind of watched, and, and I think he would be good with Slay being traded. But at the same time, the Chargers do want Tua, and I think they're afraid that they're going to lose out on him. So uh, I think maybe the Dolphins may be sitting there. It depends how badly they want him. So I, I would imagine the Lions would do this. I don't know how much they want Okuda or love Okuda, but it depends on also what they get back. I mean, did you project what they would get in return? 
So typically, uh, if it's a trade up, I mean, we even saw the Bears trade up from three to two. Like you try to use precedent to predict that. Mm -hmm. So when the Bears traded up from three to two with the 49ers to take Mitch Trubisky, I believe they gave up obviously pick three. So you're giving up that first rounder, right. it's a pick swap in the first round. And then they gave up an additional first rounder and I believe a third rounder. Okay. So when you're moving up for a quarterback, especially in the top five picks, probably giving up a first rounder. But how so far the do the Chargers Bears are probably move giving up? up their first round pick next year? I forgot how far do the Bears move up because the Lions would only be going back from three to six, correct? Yeah, the Bears moved up one pick from three to and two. it took that much that's right yeah. i forgot about yeah. that it was a lot so it, it was only there they were clowned on uh for that trade because they shouldn't have given up that much it shouldn't have taken that much to get from three to two so it's always different depending on the situation but for the chargers to trade ahead of the dolphins and the, think about this to patricia and uh quinn the gm there they know you're trading up for a quarterback. So there's an a, there's kind of a price built into that top I get that. five. Yeah. When you want to get up for a quarterback, we know we can, they kind of got you by the balls. We know you want to draft this guy, and we know it's important. So uh, it's going to take the Chargers probably their first-round pick in 2021 uh, to jump the Dolphins. Yeah. But the Dolphins have the most draft ammo out of anybody in the draft. They have three first-round picks. They cannot, under any circumstances, allow the Chargers to jump them if they like Tua. But I, I, I kind of believe that they like either Joe Burrow in a pipe dream scenario or Justin Herbert. I don't think they're that big on Tua. In fact, I know for a fact it's been reported multiple teams in the top 10 have failed to his medical grade. Wow. Yeah, that, and, that, and that's what I think with this whole corona thing going on and not being able to work Cam Newton out in a uh, getting him a physical and same thing with Tua not getting some eyes on him and having to you know, judge based on what you're seeing off of his. Did, did he have a pro day? Did he do a pro day by himself? <sighs> I think he did uh, some private workout stuff. I know he's been working out with Trent Dilfer, yeah. but uh, no, I don't believe he did a pro. But, but just the fact that, like you said, with uh, with Miami, Miami guy, Miami's guy uh, seems to be um, Herbert out of Oregon, um, and that's where I think they've kind of moved on from Tua because at first it seemed like Tua was going to be their guy, and Miami sitting at five, I think it's fine with L.A. trading up to three with Detroit and I think Detroit's okay with that too we saw them get rid when they saw him get rid of Slayton they kind of poised to to set them up for this to trade out of three and just get a haul of picks in return and kind of start the rebuild because this is where the the Lions find themselves in a position by trading their best player away that they're saying they're more than you know possibly one year one they need they're not one player away they're not one draft picked away of being a contender and getting rid of Slayton and then doing the same thing trading out of three gets them a bunch of picks to help them rebuild a team while also fulfilling a need for Los Angeles who either is getting two at as their quarterback or they go out and get Cam as their quarterback and without being able to work out either of them it makes it they're in a tough, tougher spot probably than Miami is, who have just kind of said, hey, we're going to move on and, and go with Herbert. But. So, Zook, I want to bring something up, too. It's it's interesting because, like you said, a lot of the mock drafts I've read have either the Lions, if they don't trade back, they take Okuda at three. So if they trade back, I have an interesting thing here. So you actually have them with Okuda available taking uh, Isaiah Simmons from Clemson instead at six. Now, do you yeah. think that, uh, that that's the first time I've seen anybody say that they would take him – 
over Okuda. So, I mean, if they trade back, they should trade back if you think that they want Simmons over Okuda, if they don't even want Okuda that bad. Uh, well, here's the thing. So, this is why it's it's the Lions are really in a perfect spot here because if you're trading back, that pick is going to that pick where you're you would presumably be picking at 3 is a QB. You already know the first pick is going to be a QB right. and you already know the second pick is going to be Chase Young. So, if you trade back to 6, you have the Giants at 4 and then you have the Dolphins at 5. Well, that's another QB. So, you're going to have three QBs and Chase Young off the board with the Giants to take one other player. So, if I'm the Lions, I know I'm getting a really good player on defense. And mm-hmm. I think the Lions want to draft defense. They have a solid offense. I, I think that you're going to get – it's perfect because no matter what happens, even if the Giants take defense, which I think they're going to take a, an offensive lineman to protect Daniel Jones, that's kind of the consensus there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need to stack that side of the ball, give Saquon some holes to run through, protect their guy, blah, blah, blah. But uh, – even if the Giants did go wild card here and take Okuda or Simmons, you could take the other one. So they're in a good spot. But to answer your question, I think that Isaiah Simmons is going to be very tempting, and he's he's a, a he's stud, a chess man. Piece. He's a stud. That again, I haven't had a lot of time to watch a lot of the guys in the draft this year, but I did get to see Simmons uh, against who was the first uh, semifinal round game they played against uh, against Ohio State yeah yeah Yeah, he's just he's a beast man I've been able to see more on him he's just so he is six foot four 238 pounds he ran I don't know what the exact time is I'm pretty sure he ran sub four five at the at the combine that's a fucking dump truck right at insane I've watched uh, a lot of tape on him but the the interesting thing is he's not just going to play middle linebacker that's how he's listed and if you think that's what he's going to do, it's that's not his game. He's going to uh, probably play that sub linebacker in your nickel package, which is uh, basically going to cover the tight ends, uh, cover your slot receivers and backs coming out of the backfield. Uh, so let's say you're playing the Saints and you got Kamara coming out of the backfield. Nobody can cover him. Well, Simmons is a great linebacker that can do that. And I think that Matt Patricia is going to see that value and think, Oh my God. Well, I can do so many different things with him. That and since you traded Slay, the Lions are on a one year time crunch. If they don't win this year, they're all getting fired. Yeah, I agree. The GM yep. and the head coach know that. And so they're going to be drafting with a short term mindset. So they are going to want a player that can help them win right now and make their team better right now. They're trying to buy wins for 2020. So. By trading Slay and drafting Okuda, even though Okuda is the best corner in the draft, how how does that make them, even if he, let's just assume that he's just as good as Darius Slay is right now. How does that make you any different than 2019? Yeah, that's a good point. See, so I don't think it makes them much of a different football team. I also think knowing Patricia and his ego, he's going to think he can get so much out of Isaiah Simmons and do so many cool things with him. Well, if you, if you team him up with Jamie Collins too, and then I know he's, he's old balls technically, but Desmond Trufant now there, I mean, you got some cornerback help, but Slay is an all pro cornerback. So it definitely hurts. Yeah. But I, I kind of like that, that Simmons factor. I like the kind of pizzazz to it. And, and, and like you said, if, if you know, Patricia, he's, he wants, he knows he's in trouble. I mean, this is winter go home. He knows he's on the hot seat. It's probably one of the hotter seats in the NFL. So uh, why not make a splash, see if it can revitalize your defense a little bit? Yeah, and TJ, you've watched Simmons play, and you know how Patricia thinks. Isn't it pretty easy to envision 
Patricia watching him and going, oh my God, I'm yeah. with this guy on my team. Well, he's a, and he's a defensive guy, you know what I mean? So I could definitely see him keying on, on a guy like that. And maybe these draft experts just are saying it because of it's the easy, like, okay, they lose an all-pro cornerback, they're going to get a first-round top-10 cornerback. Here we go, boom, boom. Well, it's not that simple, and maybe it is. Maybe they take Okuda at three and, and they fuck everything up. But hopefully, if, if you're right, I would hope they do trade back, get something out of it, and then maybe even another first-round pick, which would be awesome, uh, and then take Simmons or, I guess, Okuda. But that way, I think if you trade back, you at least know you got something out of it. Because you're right, there's no point in not trading back to me. In this situation, you have you have the golden ticket to the chocolate factory. Give it to somebody that wants to go because you know they want to go get a quarterback. They're going to give, like you said, more to trade up for a quarterback than they would for another position trying to be a franchise leader. So why not trade back? If they don't trade back, which I think they will, I'll be I'll be fucking shocked. Absolutely shocked. So let's move on to the uh, second half of the top 10 here. We already hit on the Lions uh, picking Isaiah Simmons. Seven, the Carolina Panthers take Jeff Okuda, uh, corner out of Ohio State. Cardinals, number eight, take Mekhi Becton, the giant tackle out of Louisville. Jags at nine, take Derek Brown, tackle out of Auburn. And then the Raiders in a projected trade with the Cleveland Browns, trade up uh, to get C.D. Lamb out of the University of Oklahoma. Uh, I think the Jags are a potential trade down spot there at nine, but the value uh, I have them sticking there, and the uh, the Browns have been uh, projected as as a potential trade down too. So I actually had the Raiders coming up ahead of the Jets, who are likely to take a receiver to get the guy they want. Uh, what do you guys think of that back half of the top ten? A lot of tackles. Yeah, I think the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars actually actually there's been some some reports, some rumors that they, are tr- they would trade up to draft Tua um, to get another quarterback, and saying that they are not uh, completely sold on Gardner Minshew as their franchise guy. They wouldn't trade Foles though. I don't think. You know what I mean. They wouldn't have traded Foles if they weren't completely okay with. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I mean, because they could always go, you know, a quarterback in a different direction. But I, I feel like it is Gardner's, it is Gardner's uh, time to shine, at least for a year, and that they give him a tackle to support that because, especially what they have in their backfield, is is obviously strong. And then at their wide receivers, some of their young wide receivers this this year have kind of shown out. So it seems like tackle would be the right move here to shore up that uh, that offensive line give some holes for Fournette to run through, and uh, also give uh, some protection to Minshew, who can uh, hopefully work nicely with his young wide receivers and, uh, and and go after some of those guys. I would love to see one of those wide receivers go to the, to the Jaguars too, even though they're kind of stacked at the wide receiver spot with some of their young guys already. I mean, there's so much wide receiver depth, and, and maybe we see them go after a guy in the second round. But to me, you're right with CeeDee Lamb. I think where you have him here is the best wide receiver in this draft, even ahead of Jerry Judy, who – uh, probably a lot of people are showing their attention to coming out of Alabama just because of what Alabama does when they produce wide receivers. But to me, uh, C.D. Lamb out of Oklahoma is the uh, the guy to circle in this draft and to be able to watch because he's going to be, in my opinion, the most explosive player to come out at least of the first half here. So it seems like a good spot for any team to take him. And uh, I like that coming up out of Las Vegas, get, trading up there, getting an impact player there. It's flashy and uh, is going to be good for them in their new town. All right, let's go down 11 through 15. Uh, New York Jets take Jerry Judy out of Alabama. Cleveland Browns trading down to 12 with the Raiders get uh, offensive tackle Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. Uh, San Francisco 49ers, they got that 13th overall pick in the DeForest Buckner trade from the Colts. They take Henry Ruggs from Alabama, the speedster. Tampa Bay Bucks take an 
offensive tackle Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa. And then the Broncos at 15 take cornerback C.J. Henderson from Florida. Guys, what do you think about the next five picks? Do you guys have any thoughts on what you think these teams could or should do? I have one question here. Why do you have uh, Tristan Wirfs? You had Tristan Wirfs being uh, the, the top tackle out of the draft uh, last two weeks ago, and now you have him down a little bit there. Why the uh, yeah, change? Yeah, I, I, I think he's the top tackle. Uh, this is kind of what I think the GMs are going to do, not what I'd do. And I, I, I think if there's any tackle that's going to fall out of the top 10, and I even said on the podcast last week, I think I can't, I, I said he's good, he has to be a top 10 pick. But then when I when I started looking at it, if the Giants, who pick at number four, decide on a different tackle, which they easily could, and if the Arizona Cardinals pass on him, I, I think that he could slip a little bit. And Wirfs is a guy that I think has the potential to be the best player on the line in the class. But he's also, like, people wonder if he's going to play tackle or guard at the next level. And if he ends up playing guard, he's worth substantially less than he is if gotcha. he's, you know, protecting hmm. the blind side. So I think that he's a perfect fit for the Bucks. This is kind of a pipe dream scenario for the Buccaneers because they need to protect Tom. They really actually have two starters at tackle right now uh, that they could roll into 2020 with. So they could slide Wirfson as a day one starter at guard and then also have him be the long-term solution at the tackle position when some of their guys, some of the stop gaps they have right now kind of move on. Um, I, I think that when I watched Wurfs, I thought that he could be an all-pro guard, like Quentin Nelson-level guard. Wow. But uh, he just he's too good to be drafted as a guard. So he's going to be drafted as a tackle. He's a really kind of intriguing case because he's going to be drafted as a tackle because of the need – uh, and the demand, but he's probably better suited as a guard. He's just so talented that he can play outside too. So you have Tampa taking worse. Let's say that, you know, in a crazy scenario, there's a ton of tackles taken, you know, in the first 13 picks and, and there's not, there's a big drop off. Do you think there's enough talent throughout the first round with tackles where if the Bucks get there, they can just take it any tackle available? Or do you think there's a drop off that they would make a secondary change? And if they would change, what position do you see them going after? If any of the top four are available, I think they'd pull the trigger. And that's Wirfs, Thomas, Beckton, or Wills. Okay. Those are kind of the top four, and I have them all. Like, they're, they're pretty close. It's really just kind of what style do you want? Certain guys played right tackle in college versus left. Like, what, what fits your scheme? It's really what flavor you want. After the top four, there's a little bit of a drop-off, but there's still two tackles that are going to go in the first. Josh Jones from Houston and Austin Jackson from USC. I, at least I think so. Uh, so that's six tackles. I've heard that there could be as many as seven tackles going the first round of the of the draft, which is kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, but you, tackle is such an important position, like edge, like QB. They tend to get overdrafted. So you could, if, if, the, if four tackles go before the Bucks, they could panic and just take a guy. Uh, but I think they could trade down then and reposition themselves to maybe grab a running back. They don't have anybody in the backfield. I heard that they're potentially going to trade OJ Howard, the tight end. So they would, that could be an area of need for them. Although this is a shitty tight end draft, but uh, yeah, I, I think basically offensive line is, is the top priority here to protect Tom because they've rebuilt the defense pretty well. I find, I find it hard to believe that you sign a 40 some year old quarterback, then you're going to draft defense. That doesn't make much sense. Right. You want to draft somebody to help him. So I think it's going to be line or get a get a quality runner. 
Yeah, and I think, too, you're, when you're looking at – who would you have the Broncos taking uh, there? I'm getting C.J. Henderson, the corner out of Florida. Yeah, I think that's an interesting pick because, I mean, if they can – like you said, if they can shore up their back end, go along with that elite pass rush, Denver's a team that's built on defense. And so if they can – you know, if they get anything out of, out of Drew Locke uh, this year – um, that can be positive. That will definitely help them win some games because Denver's built on on defense with Vic Vangio there as their head coach, and uh, that could help them honestly win some games and, and potentially compete for that division. Not not saying that they will win that division with Kansas City still being the top dog, returning I think twenty of their twenty two get starting uh, guys. So uh, that's definitely Kansas City's division to still to still win, but Denver I think is going to compete and is, is only a couple pieces away from uh, being a, a a real contender if their their quarterback obviously can pan out and then and then their defense can can hold up and keep them in ball games, which they did a lot last year and help them win some close ones. Well, and and here's one other thing to keep an eye on with your Broncos and Drew Locke. If I was John Elway, I would strongly consider trading into the top ten to get a receiver. Yeah. To get Henry Ruggs, to get Ju- Judy or Lamb. That's to where they're with Cortland Sutton yeah. and let's go. That's yeah. the reason I didn't do that is because, like you said, defensive minded head coach. I always doubt those guys taking offensive skilled position yeah. players, especially when you could you could draft another high quality defensive starter. Cornerback's a premier position. CJ Henderson is clearly the second best corner in the draft after Okuda. And then there's a significant drop off from Henderson to the next guy. So I think that they would they would take him or Kinlaw. But uh uh, I I think that they could think about going receiver. Yeah, and I, and I think that the wide receiver depth is big enough to where they can trade back into the first round uh, later later on after that pick, or they wait till the second round to pick up a uh, to pick up one of those wide receivers because the wide receiver depth is so uh, vast that sure maybe they don't get a CD CD Lamb or a Jerry Judy, but they can get a formidable guy in the second round that they can pair with Cortland Sutton because Cortland Sutton is the number one guy there in uh, in Denver and the chemistry that he already has with Drew Locke is going to make him the go-to target along with Noah Font. Fant? Font? Don't know. I still don't know. Fant. Fant. Noah Fant to uh, – I know he's going to be a premier target for Drew Locke as he was uh, in the five or six games that we saw Drew play. So that makes me believe that they're okay with getting a, a second tier, a guy that might be the third option. Because you got to remember, too, they have two receiving backs out of the backfield in Phillip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. So there's a lot of options for uh, for receptions there in Denver, and they're not as pressed to go get a, a wide receiver and move up in the, in the draft. Yeah, and Zook, real quick before we move on, I know we're taking a lot of time between 10 and 15. Uh, you have the Niners taking Henry Ruggs the third at uh, at thirteen from the Colts that they got in the uh, in the DeForest Buckner trade. So for me, you know, I was curious with them taking a receiver there because of all the weapons they already have with Debo and and Kittle. And then are they losing Emmanuel Sanders? Is he still hanging around? Yeah, Sanders signed with the Saints, so gotcha. they don't have him okay. anymore. Okay, so that that might fill a void. It seems like I mean Kyle Shanahan, former Atlanta you know, offensive coordinator. He loves a million weapons. He loves to have weapons all over the field. It just kind of shocked me. It seemed like they already had a ton of options uh, on that offense. Yeah, and I kind of struggled with that pick because I think that they could pick uh, the defensive interior, uh, defensive tackle, Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina. I think they're going to like him. Uh, And they could directly replace Buckner with that pick then. But you think about how they lost in the Super Bowl to Tyreek Hill. 
you think about how Henry Ruggs is, his pro comparison is Tyreek Hill. There's no other comparison. For that speed, his size, it's, it's, it's Tyreek Hill. So then I think about, you know, I think about Kyle and how he would use a guy like that and how he would covet a, a receiver like that. And I think it, it'll be very tempting for him to, to draft Henry Ruggs if his name is, is available yeah. at 13. And uh, it, I, I don't know if I would do it because I think he has a similar skill set to Debo, but they might that try. Could be they lethal. don't necessarily need a true prototypical number one. No, like no. I, I mean, that, that's where you can have Debo as your deep guy and Henry Ruggs is more of a slot guy or vice versa. But I mean, to have two weapons like that for Jimmy G on offense, um, I mean, combined with what they're, they're plethora of running backs you know there's not really a number one guy there Raheem Mostert Tevin Coleman they get they got a number of of running back by committee situation obviously and then with with George Kittle over the middle where adding a wide receiver could make that a really exciting offense uh with two quick speedsters I thought Debo Samuel was the best wide receiver in the draft last year and he kind of showed what he what he was able to do during his rookie season uh all the way up into the Super Bowl but uh have, adding another premier weapon like that you know you lose Emmanuel Sanders I thought that was a great trade with Denver late in the season to uh to add a weapon there for the playoffs but adding Henry Ruggs to me would be uh would be exciting to watch for San Francisco a team that could very well make it back to the Super Bowl this year so let's move on. Pick 16 through 20. We got the Falcons taking Javon Kinlaw, the D-tackle out of South Carolina. Cowboys at 17 take Caleb on chase on, edge rusher out of LSU. And I'm just realizing I forgot to put edge on the article, so I'll have to go back and edit that. Fucking the Miami Dolphins mistakes. at 18 take uh, Austin Jackson, offensive tackle out of USC. New England Patriots I have trading up to take the edge rusher AJ Epines out of Iowa and then the New Orleans Saints trading up to take linebacker Patrick Queen out of LSU. Hold on, sorry. I just got back in here. I had to go check on the dog. Jeez, hey, when that happens. You had to check, check on the coop. I, I, I ruined the flow. Is Laura not the... home? She's thought, home now. I thought, yeah. I thought she was home. She just got home early. <laughs> there, yeah. there you go. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think it's interesting seeing I think you're right on. Miami's going to take a take a tackle there to uh, to protect whatever their quarterback situation is after they get one in the first round. Um, Falcons need a lot of work, in in, in my opinion. They're, they're, the Falcons are always a team that has a ton of weapons on offense and a piss poor mediocre defense, and their secondary yeah. is so shitty. Like the, the Falcons <laughs> secondary, when when you had a team in fantasy and, and you're lining up and you're looking for your wide receivers, you cannot wait until they play against the Falcons because their secondary absolutely sucks. But getting help up up front can definitely help alleviate that situation. And then obviously the, the Patriots, I, I can never read the Patriots. What I mean, they they what their needs are and, and you know what Bill is thinking. I think he's a obviously one of the smartest coaches out there and, and, and knows what he's doing, but it doesn't seem like New England, who's always competing, is making very sexy picks. Uh, we don't really realize that what kind of names these guys are until they uh, till they show up later on in the season and, and turn out to be explosive picks. But So interesting move there, New England moving up. God, what are they going to do at quarterback? I, I, I'm sorry. I just cannot get over what the fuck they're going to do. If New they're England? Gonna, yeah. Is Stidham going to be their guy? Stidham's really? not going to be their guy. They're gonna, or Hoyer? Again, again, a lot of the QB parity in this Andy league. Andy Dalton hasn't gone anywhere yet. A That's lot true. of QB parity in this league is going to be determined by what happens in the draft, where Tua lands up, where Herbert lands up. Obviously, Joe uh, all but done going to Cincinnati. Um, but 
until that is signed, sealed, delivered, that he is under contract. Andy Dalton, uh, is, is, we won't see Andy Dalton go anywhere. Is, cause is Andy, do they have to trade him, or is he a free agent? They have to trade him. Yeah, so until, until they have Joe Burrow sign on the dotted line, they will not move Andy Dalton because – Anything can happen. Anything is possible. And what a shitty situation you would be in if you trade away Andy Dalton and all of a sudden Joe Burrow pulls an Eli Manning and says, no, I'm not going to Cincinnati, even though it's a hometown team. And uh, and then all of a sudden Cincinnati's without, without a quarterback. So until the draft is over and these rookies are signed, then we will start to see movement from the other teams going after guys like Cam, going after where Dalton making his move, et cetera, et cetera. Why haven't they said anything yet, though, about whether or not Burrow might not be ready to start? I mean, that's the thing, too, is they, they – Andy might not like it, but how many times do you see a rookie quarterback? Yeah, now, yeah. Now they start him right away quicker than I think they did like five years yeah, ago. That's a good point. But Andy could still hang around if they're not fully set on Joe going into the first week. I know it's the yeah. sexier pick, and fans are going to be wanting the new quarterback because it's new yep. blood, and that's the way it works. But who says that Andy doesn't have a quote-unquote – competition even though we know it's joe's job joe flacco going into Locke it you situation, know? same thing same thing and then you knew drew was going to start he started later in the year but he still got that opportunity so. more time to learn that playbook and and it's much different going from college to the nfl than it is high school to college high school you can be a baller and and go into college and learn an offense pretty quick with an offensive coordinator nfl whole different ball game a lot more to digest a uh, lot more to, to to break down because the talent level is is going up exponentially even if you're a top pick like joe burrow is all right, let's go 21 through 25. I have a third trade in a row. I have the Green Bay Packers trading up to pick 21 with the Philadelphia Eagles to get linebacker Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. Then the Minnesota Vikings make the first of two picks, and they're going to take the edge rusher Yatur Grossmatos out of Penn State. The Las Vegas Raiders, I have them uh, at 23, that projected trade with the Patriots, the back end of that, taking the corner A.J. Terrell out of Clemson. The Jags, in a in that projected trade with the Saints then, after sliding back, take offensive tackle Josh Jones out of Houston. And then rounding out uh, 21 through 25 here with pick 25, the Vikings taking corner Christian Fulton out of LSU. So uh, kind of a lot there. Uh, in terms of the trades, at least. Yeah. But uh, that's about the time it kind of heats up in the trade market because you know for the most part who's going to get taken in the top 10. And then once guys become available or drop to a certain level, teams feel comfortable moving up to get them. So uh, what do you guys think here of t- picks 21 through 25? Minnesota Vikings spend two picks on defense here and they don't, they don't get a wide receiver. I think that... Um, people might be surprised with that, but I, I kind of think it's going to happen. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I was going. You know, the the two picks almost in a row there, just a couple off of it. The fact that they take two defensive players, one edge, one cornerback, kind of shocked me. I mean, with Diggs leaving, I you said it in your article too. With Diggs leaving, you think you want to try to get a young guy, but if you miss out on Lamb and Judy and some of these top guys, you know, in the first round, first fifteen picks. Do you think there's that much of a drop-off that they don't spend a pick on a wide receiver? I don't know if it's the, the drop-off so much as I think Zimmer, who's running the show there with Rick Spielman, would rather take a defensive player. And because of the depth of the receiving class, you're okay with more guys coming off the board because there's so many good ones. Like, here, let me go. just go down. I'm going to pull up my receivers here. 
Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager, K.J. Hamler, Brandon Ayuk, LaVisca Chenault, Gandy Golden, Denzel Mims, Michael Pittman, T. Higgins, Brian Edwards. Those guys are all really good Those players. Those guys are all like, – I mean, I, I've seen some mock drafts having T. Higgins being well into the first round as a wide receiver, and you don't even have him on the top 32 mm-hmm. to being drafted. That, that That's where I was making the point about some of these teams maybe just waiting till the second round to get a wide mm-hmm. receiver because arguably there's going to be one available. They're, the, the wide yeah. receiver class is so deep, and a lot of these teams you know have to address other positions, whether it be defense, offensive tackle, quarterback, running back, that there's going to be a wide receiver, an elite wide receiver, quote-unquote, available in the second round that could be a diamond in the rough uh, that could be even better than the C.D. Lambs or the Jerry Judys that are being taken early in the first round. You could still get a guy that's explosive that fits into your system a little bit better than one of those guys does in the second or third round and uh, it'd be like a first round pick. An anonymous GM actually uh, said this to a reporter. He said that he believed he could get a starting wide receiver in the fourth round. Yeah, that's how yeah. I mean, that's classes. That's not. It's insane. Like, I, I think something. I watched, let me see how many I watched. I watched 19 receivers and I'd pretty much take them all in the top three or four rounds. Wow. That's crazy. So that's that's going to be interesting to watch where they go. So you're saying there's 19 wide receivers in this draft currently that could be starting in 2020? That I watched. Now I know that they're no, no, no. They, they won't all end up starting. Uh, but there's there's guys that uh could be in the first two days of picks, basically rounds one. How many two, the guy? How many wide receivers can be impact players in 2020 for the teams they get drafted by? Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. That's already a lot. Like, yeah, I'd say, I'd say about twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, 12, that's twelve rookie 13. wide receivers. I need to know usually, for my fantasy drafts. So I gotta you get, get like ready. Five. Yeah, yeah, I have. The... Well, well, what, after they get drafted, fit is has so much to do with it. Like, I, I you almost have to go back yeah. and re rank them all. Like, I have Jerry Judy as the best receiver. If he goes to the Jets and CD Lamb goes to like the 49ers, CD Lamb, I am now ranking ahead of Jerry Judy. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? Right. Like, so it depends it's, on the situation. Yeah. That, uh-huh. and, and like, a, I have zero faith in the Jets. And yeah, as, a, as a dynasty uh, GM, you know, we put all the onus on these rookies, and I'm, I need to stockpile my wide receivers now because yeah. my, my wide receivers currently are DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans, and Tyler Lockett. Need yeah, to, need I would to take start, a couple stabs if I was You need that. to start taking replenish that bank because uh, even though I have two of the top five wide receivers in the league, still need to have some fresh young talent come in. I, I recouped the uh, the uh, the tight end pool last uh, last year with, with TJ Hawkinson and uh, the guy <laughs> out of uh, – Denver? No, the guy out of, of uh, Oakland uh, that that turned out to be Waller? a stud. Darren oh, Waller. Darren Waller. Darren yeah. Waller picked him up off the free or free agent wire, just diamond in the rough right there. That I, I I locked in on everybody for fantasy and 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 helped a bunch of people win their leagues, including Zook. Helped him get uh, Darren Waller in one of his leagues. So, yeah, that, that so was this huge. year this year is the wide receiver. It was running back two years ago. It's tight ends last year slash quarterback got that ad- addressed, and now back this to year, wide receiver. Back to wide receiver again. Replenish the uh, replenish the pool. I feel like uh, except for guys that you knew were going to be great, like Julio and Calvin. I think there's a lot of receivers taken in the late rounds that are going to be just as good, if not better, than some of the guys taken in the first round. Yeah, because that's how it's been the last know. three or four years. The yeah. first round receivers suck complete ass, yeah. and the ones taken Dude, later are much in better. Crazy. And our obviously drafting rookies in the sixth round of our league is where Juju Smith Schuster was taken. Wow! In the sixth round of an all rookies league, he was a basement dweller mm-hmm. and turned out to be an absolute stud yep. and there there's a couple other guys 
that were the same way. Um, well, here's a couple examples for you. Stephon Diggs, fifth round pick. Devonte Adams, second round pick. Cortland Sutton, second round pick. Mm-hmm. John Brown was he was second like round, Nick, or was round? he third? Cortland? Yeah. I think Cortland was uh, was second. Okay. They must have had two second he, round picks. He was year. not, um, uh, literally until until he started lighting it up with Drew, he was not a a number one go-to He was starting guy. to become their number he, one. He was, he was solid, but, but – He's good. But He's my favorite receiver in that draft. He He's was, a badass. I mean, now that that, that connection is, is just disgustingly lethal. Deshaun Jackson was a third-rounder, I think. Um, yeah, they're all over the place. And then you look at the first-round bust, like Laquan Treadwell, Josh right. Doxson. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of them. There's some guys. I, I even What think, about the Corey Coleman kid from the Browns? Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Corey Coleman, yeah. Uh, Demarius Thomas. I mean, he's not really a bust. He was all right for a bit, but I don't know. He was not a superstar level, I don't think. Was he? I guess he was pretty solid for about three years. Yeah, when they won the Super Bowl. When Peyton was there. Mm-hmm. Tebow he was okay with. I, I guess he's all right. The, the, the Pittsburgh's had some some uh, some stud muffins come out of there, and uh, not even Juju, but a couple other guys. Yeah, they, nobody drafts receivers as well as the Steelers do. They, yeah. I mean, they had like three or four guys there. I mean, ever since like the Heinz Ward days. Oh, and then when they had Martavis Bryant, Antonio Brown, yep. and Juju, like Jesus. And there was one other too. There was another guy, I think his name started with an M. The oh. year they won the Super Bowl oh, over San the Cardinals, Holmes, I think. San Antonio yeah. Holmes too. Yes. Yeah. That's like, the like, roster I'm talking like, about. Their wide receivers yeah. have just been absolute Money back. Was Led Bell, it was, it Led was, Bell was on the team when they won that Super Bowl, were they? He wasn't on the team yet. Who was their so. running back? It was not Lev Bell. Was it uh nah, God? Was it Willie was it Willie Parker? No, that, might have been the bus. That, no, the bus was the no, first one against the Seahawks yeah, in our lifetime. Wasn't uh Oh man. That's a good trivia question. I'm gonna yeah. look it up. Was it Mendenhall? Or Rashard Mendenhall? Yeah. Was it? Good Paul. Holy I, shit. It, it, that's probably right. Rashard Mendenhall won a Super Bowl? Holy fuck. That's crazy. Rashard Mendenhall. I'm not represent. positive, but that seems about right. I'm looking wow. I'm I'm looking it up. Him and Lamar Woodley. To, Remember him to, off yeah, the edge? Yeah. To clarify. Wow, that's wild. That's pulled that one on my ass. I haven't heard about Rashard Mendenhall. Yeah, in a bit, oh, he used man. to be one of my favorite players growing up. He yeah. was fun. Illinois had a, a pretty good run of running backs for a while. They did okay. Yeah, they had Mendenhall. Uh, I just remember that team with Mc- Mendenhall and Juice. Mikel Ashore. Mikel Ashore. Aurelius Ben. Lions. Ben, yeah, Ben was good. They had a good little team there for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. No, you were right on the first one. Uh, Willie Parker? Willie Parker. Really? Yeah. This is Jesus. this is Super Bowl in 2009, right? Yes. Yeah. Against t- the Cardinals. Against the Cardinals. Kurt 20, Warner's last 27, year. 27-23. Uh, I think last year. Willie Parker was the the starting running back with 19 carries for 53 yards on the wow. Steelers. Willie Parker, and that's San, another and name. San Antonio Holmes was the the wide receiver, 131 yards in the tutty. Remember the catch? Then he signed with the, the Jets catch. after that. He got yeah. a big deal with the do, Jets. Do you know who the uh, who is the starting running back for the Cardinals? Oh, Edron James. Edron James. Yeah. yeah. Nine carries and 33 yards. Nine carries. Did he get traded there that year too, or did he? They were did he a, sign a passing deal? offense. I think he signed a deal after the Colts. Kurt, sure. Kurt Warner threw the ball 43 times. They rushed the ball 12 times. That was back in the glory days and with Fitz Bowl. and Anquan Bolden. Yeah, Anquan wasn't it? Bolden. I forgot yep. about that. Yeah. 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 Crazy. All right, here picks 26 through 30. Then we'll do the final two. I uh, have the Miami Dolphins. They got that third pick from the Texans. They're going to take wide receiver Justin Jefferson out of LSU. I think Jefferson could go a little earlier than this. Uh, I think a lot of teams are going to have to pass on him for this to happen. 
but it would be a dream scenario for the Dolphins. They could go quarterback, offensive tackle, wide out uh, with their with their three first rounders and completely revamp the offense. The Tampa Bay Bucks, I have them trading back into the first round. The Seahawks never stay put. They're either going to trade up or trade out. In this scenario, I have them trading out, and the Bucks are able to trade back up into the first round and grab a running back. DeAndre Swift out of Georgia would be a home run pick for them. He can be a factor in the pass game, a complete running back, uh, downhill guy. He'd be perfect for Tom uh, as a security blanket there, especially since they don't have a very good tight end in O.J. Howard, especially if they're going to look to get rid of him. At 28, I have the Baltimore Ravens taking Zach Bond from Wisconsin. At 29, I have the Tennessee Titans taking Ross Blacklock, defensive tackle, TCU. And then the Eagles, with that pick they acquired from the Packers, take wideout Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State. I uh, I love, if Tampa does trade up, I love the pick of Swift at 27. They need a running. That's the only thing really missing on their oh. offense. I mean, they have, what, Ronald Jones the third. They they tried Peyton, Barber, Peyton Barber last Barber. year. They're, They're just, not very good. Just yuck. Just, yeah. just gross. Not sexy not sexy running backs at all. So I think Swift would be, be an energizing sexy asset to him. He'd be a sexier little running back. And I think uh, him and, he, he would help Brady out. Brady needs a running game. That's something that he's always had. He's had in the past, the past couple years especially, Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead. They had LeGarrette Blunt for a while carrying the load there. So, I mean, he needs a running back to to help him. It's not going to be the same as they saw in New England if they don't get a top running game. And I don't think Barber and Jones are the two to do it. So, um, I, I don't mind it. I don't know if Swift's the guy. I don't know a ton about him. I've seen him a little bit. Uh, but I think any first-round pick that the Bucks can do to get, first, the offensive line, the, the O-tackle probably is the number one. Uh, pick there, like you said, Zook, but also to get a running back, I think would be their obvious next choice just to uh, help out Brady in the run game. Don't forget, yeah, they about- need somebody to play that James White role, and yeah. this is the guy that can do it. He's a complete three down back, he's a lot like Brand, uh, Josh Jacobs, not Brandon Jacobs. Josh Jacobs was for the Raiders this past year. He can be effective in the passing game as well as the run game. He's a very quick back, he can cut quickly. Uh, and and make you miss in space. He's pretty he's pretty impressive. Nick, you've probably seen him with him being at Georgia, uh, tear up Mizzou a couple yeah, of times. He's, so he's, he's a really talented he's been on player. The, on the Georgia running back train. Yeah, I I think that uh, it's possible if like it, you know TJ, you threw out the scenario. Well, what if the, all the tackles are gone for Tampa at fourteen, and they could end up trading back instead of having to trade up in the first round and and make two first round picks. They can end up just trading 14 and d- dropping back like into the somewhere in the 20s and then taking DeAndre Swift. Is there any possible way that if Swift gets taken, if someone's like running back needy and they're like, fuck it, let's go for him, take him in front of Tampa if they trade back? And then would they take Jonathan Taylor? I know he's a different type, not more of a receiving back. He's more of a kind of a ground and pound type guy. But do you think they would go after Taylor since he's the second best? Uh, in the Bucks case, no. I Clyde think that he has Delaire. a p- possibility to get drafted in the first round. I actually have Jonathan Taylor as the best running back, personally. Yeah, uh, I think that he's dude's a beast. Swift. Did he get to see but, him play uh, Swift is a more he m- more embodies the skill set that NFL teams want in terms of like he has that Christian McCaffrey. Alvin Kamara ability to affect the pass game as well as the run. Jonathan Taylor's not all that great catching the football but he's a more accomplished runner than DeAndre Swift is. Mm-hmm. So the first part of your question, absolutely. They they might have to trade up further than 27 to, to get Swift 
or they might have to take him at uh, shit. They might have to take him at 14. Yeah. They want. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it could get a little wild because nobody really knows the value of the running back anymore. And I feel like a lot of teams are pretty far apart on how they value it. I think there's some teams that just are not going to go there in the first round. They're just not going to take a running back with the guy, the success of guys in the third and fourth round. You look at guys like Kareem Hunt, Aaron Jones, uh, Dalvin Cook, not a first rounder. A lot of the starting running backs are not first round picks. And uh, so because of that, a lot of teams just don't want to draft one that high. But if you see a guy like DeAndre Swift that can do a lot of different things, it only takes one team to like him. And so it's possible that the Bucks would have to trade up higher to get him, yeah. Yep. Nick, do you have any thoughts? Love it. Are we recording? <laughs> yes. Okay. Why? You see those big green waves? That means we're recording. Yeah, yes. It didn't look like they are moving, though. No, they are. <laughs> are we still on? We are. We've been on the whole time. We've been on for a long Nick time. Nick never runs the equipment, and then here we are in 2020, and all of a sudden he's freaking yeah, out about I like, it. I like, I like that. 31-32. All righty. Well, here we go. Final two picks, and we'll get out of here. At 31 and 32, I have the Indianapolis Colts trading up with the 49ers. 49ers are going to slide out of the first round. The Indianapolis Colts trade up and grab Jordan Love out of Utah State with the second-to-last pick in the first round. And then they have the Kansas City Chiefs taking a corner, Noah Igbenogany out of Auburn. Noah Nice on the name. Igbenogany. Had a baby. I, I like Noah. Noah's I, a I, I was, I was looking at that name, and then and Zook just rolled. He's like the opposite of Big Web. He just rolls the names oh, right off. I that. would pay so much money to have Big Web say that name like every day. Noah. Just to see if he can get it right. Next time we have Big Web on the show, I'm going to ask him about him. <laughs> they're, they're hey, Big Web, you know they got the, that guy in the secondary now. Oh, I got I got his response. Oh, yeah, he's a good guy. Or also, y- Yatur Gross <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that one I got to rewrite the uh, the NFL the NFL draft all name team this year again. I did that last year. I got to do that again. This oh yeah, year. for sure. Noah Igbenogany. That'll be next week. It's gonna to be a good addition. But yeah, I like the uh, the the pick there by Indianapolis to take Jordan Love. They need uh, a quarterback, a future quarterback, and it's a perfect opportunity with Philip Rivers starting there in Indianapolis for him to work under Phil. And, uh, yeah, Phil can teach him how to do a shot put. Yeah. Phil can teach him how to do a shot put. And still, Jordan Love is a quarterback that, yes, isn't a, isn't a top QB. Maybe that, that Tua is or that Justin is or that uh, Joe are. But uh, I like call them all by the first name. Joe, Justin. <laughs> we're, we're boys. We know them all. <laughs> Joe, Justin, and Tua are obviously the top three. But Jordan is another great opportunity for uh, the Colts to snag a quarterback late in the first round that he can learn under Phil uh, at the QB position and then potentially take over. Although I still was a fan of, uh, of, of what's his face that played for him last year. whose name is just totally. Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Jagotby, uh, as Joe Salerno says, uh, <laughs> I, I did like Jagotby, but uh, I think this is a good opportunity for Jordan Love to learn under Phil. That's who the Patriots should trade for back. Jagotby. It is good Brissett. Yeah. He's got another year, I think, on his contract. Yeah. Uh, no, I like the pick, Jordan Love. I, I'm, you know, Andrew Luck kind of screwed the Colts. Let's be honest. I, I think he, he did. did what he had to do, but it seemed like they're like, well, all right, we didn't expect that, so here we go. I'm and sure they they're trying about to, it. I'm sure trying it wasn't to kind of. Well, they're probably so. like, nah, you're just it's the end of the season. You know, yeah, you're just, he's no, because he went through training camp. It's like, what the fuck? That was a total like, <laughs> oh, okay. So you did the whole training camp. Two preseason Could, games, and now you're done. Couldn't have let us know in a little bit earlier, bud. Yeah, so they went with Brissett, did okay last year, and then uh, and then now with Phillip Rivers. But I, they need a, a QB to future now that Luck's gone. So 
Uh, Jordan Love would be bad there. I don't know why. I'm still on the Jake Fromm train. I love Jake Fromm. I think he's got. I like him too. I don't think there's a shot hell he goes on Thursday. No, no, not first round. But I think if they want to wait and try to risk it, I think it's going to be between if for teams I want to see him go to between the Colts and the Patriots of getting Fromm in like early third, late second round, probably. Yeah, it was close. I think I had like when I was doing when I was watching these guys. Yeah, I actually have them rated with the same decimal. I have them both rated at 6.5. Wow. Love and from. So I, I put love ahead of them. Like I stacked it that way, but they're really close. I think, I think Jake's pretty good. People are yeah. really down on Jake on his arm and on his size. Yeah, from to me, it, size is a question. Definitely. But just from what he showed in his junior season, seemed to be on the right track to be one of the elite quarterbacks, SEC, Georgia, right? And lead him to a national championship. And then he goes into his senior season he has a couple blunders throughout the throughout the year, and then obviously not making it into the uh, the college football playoff. LSU gets the spot after winning the SEC championship. Didn't, He's got injury issues. Didn't too. show me enough for Jake Fromm to be an elite quarterback, even at the college level. And then, like I was talking about earlier, making that jump from college to the pros, you're taking the best of the college players and putting them in the pros. It, t- it doesn't translate for him to be a top tier quarterback in the NFL. Now, that's not to say he get that a team takes a flyer on him in a late round as a fourth, fifth, sixth rounder, and uh, and then builds them into their system. Because as Zook mentioned earlier, a lot of these players are fantastic on paper. Their college stats definitely show up, but unless they're in the right system, unless the teams draft them and utilize them in the proper way, they get kind of lost in the sauce. And we don't have a, a complete uh, picture on what they're pro capabilities are and that's where i think from there's a lot of question marks unanswered probably zook probably has him rated as a six five but if you get him in the right system like in a new england like new england you learned yeah. under bill perfect you, for you learn under a couple other guys that aren't aren't uh aren't gonna be the guy you know it's not gonna be a jimmy g just waiting 10 years until tom's done it's not one of those situations it's a lot he jake can throw his name in the hat right away and maybe play back up but then maybe get the reins a little bit earlier than uh some of these other guys if it yeah. works and he learns the system that's why Size it sucks that i think it would have been a perfect scenario uh for the patriots if brady would have signed a two-year deal and would have stayed and then would have ended up being there and having drafted from have from sit under tom for two years and then start year three I'm sure that was a that's their best case scenario in New England, and now they're they're in a little bit of a worse in a situation. Pickle. Brian Hoyer might be their starter for the love of God. You never know, so, man. You never know. So one, this is the last question I'll ask you guys. What do you think? So I had the Colts taking Jordan Love, but they do already have two quarterbacks on the roster. What do you guys think about another team taking him? It feels like the Raiders could be interested. They're not sold on Derek Carr. It feels like there's, I mean, potentially maybe the Bucks would draft would draft a quarterback. I think I think they might draft Jacob Eason in like the third round or something like that. But uh, where do you think? Because I do think Jordan Love's going at the back end of the first. I, I don't think he makes it out of night one. He's just got too many physical tools. There's been some buzz about the Packers drafting. Yeah, him, I was going to say Green Bay. Uh, he has to go to a situation where he sits. But do you guys see uh, a different team other than the Colts? who maybe want to win now more uh, t- taking a chance on love uh, instead of Indianapolis? That's a good question. I I think you're right about teams like the Packers or probably not the Lions, but they would be a good good one to go after with, with Stafford there for another couple of years. That would be perfect for love to kind of sit behind him, but they won't do it. They don't, Patricia don't have, doesn't have the balls. They don't have the balls to go get him. 
Yeah, um, that's you, that's the thing. It's just, but it's a team like that. You're right, Zuck, where there's already a guy in waiting. I don't think Love's well, a, a it, year one guy. You just you want to prepare him because he could be a huge commodity. But there's a lot of teams late first round that could get him for a steal that would love to to do that. So. And this is like you know similar to the NBA draft when they when you when they're drafting um, the foreign players that can't might not be eligible to play right away. You know they're you're, you're drafting them because they're a a ridiculously good talent for. A year from now, you know, they're not going to be playing this year, and that's kind of what Jordan Love is. It's, it's, do you use a first round pick on him knowing that he's going to sit out a year, maybe two, or do you uh, not use that first round pick and just let him fall to another team? And, and I think, again, going back to what I was saying before about the where are these other QBs going to land, you know, the quarterbacks that are out there right now in the league already I mean, aren't that interesting. Cam is is the most notable name, but but brings injury concerns. So well, are, are you going to have one of these teams go after him and, and sit him? You just got to evaluate what you think it's worth. I could see Carolina being one of those teams too. Yeah, they have Ted, definitely. They That's have, not bad. They have Teddy, but, you know, they could easily bring in Jordan and say, hey, Teddy, if you want to be the – really good – scenario if you want to be the guy if you think you're back and you want to be the guy okay the reins are yours but we're going to bring this kid in here and he is going to sit but he can take your job anytime because to me i'm not quite sure teddy is a uh is a qb1 a in this league i i just i haven't seen enough he did great with the saints in his short spurt but until we see a full season of that we don't know, and so Jordan Love is a perfect insurance policy for them to do that. What about what about Pittsburgh? What about Pittsburgh yeah. coming up? Yeah, I mean, that's Pittsburgh is one. liable to take a guy. That's a that's another interesting fit. Um, that's a, I, I actually would love that for Jordan for Jordan Love. Yeah. no pun intended. Uh, the the Carolina thing I thought about, and the reason I ended up not putting a quarterback to them uh, later on in the first is because I think they're going to want to try and maybe get in the. Trevor Lawrence discussion next year. That could uh, be, yeah. In-state guy uh, coming out of Clemson. Uh, and the first quarterback they draft as a staff there, Matt Rule, Joe Brady, like the new ownership, It's it, they want it to go well. So if they don't love a guy in this draft, they're just going to bypass it. But uh, the the Steelers probably will take a QB. It's a matter of it's a matter of when, not if. Yeah, uh, they decide to invest. And and this is why Jordan Love is going to go in the first because what where you take the quarterback tells me what you think of him. If you take him in the second, third, or fourth round, you only get four years on the contract. So I already know that you view him as a as a potential possibility, but not your franchise. If you trade up into the first round to get him, you're getting that fifth year option. You are committing to five years. You are you are you have plans for him to start football games for you. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I think Jordan Love's going to end up going in the first round because whoever takes him is going to plan on having him start at some point. Another good team to look at as a potential is New Orleans too, um, with Drew being you know close to the end of his career and, and having New Orleans being later on in the draft. Obviously, they, they, there are some needs that they need to address, but picking Jordan Love or trading back into the first round again to to, to grab him could be could be beneficial because at some point they have to those teams the Green Bays the uh the the Saints uh the Bucks even with Brady have to start thinking about co- potential quarterbacks as replacement for some of these older guys Pittsburgh again with Big Ben because uh, most of the league has their quarterback you know most of the league has has their guy and, and like you said unless you're going to wait until next year for Trevor Lawrence 
I mean, how bad do you need to be to get him? Because Trevor's going to be the number one guy next year. And so yeah. if there's a top team there uh, that's bad, a, a, a Giants or a Redskins, you know, all these teams, they already got, they already have a quarterback. They're going to potentially trade out of that number one pick. And, and then someone's going to take Trevor at, at the top there. So just going to be kind of interesting to see how that shakes out and who, who addresses their quarterback situation when, especially for these veteran teams with uh, premier QBs. Well, guys, if you don't have anything else, uh, that'll put a bow on it for our pre-draft coverage. Uh, we're going to be live at some point, so there will not be a recorded show next week. We're going to be live in some form or fashion, TJ and I, maybe Nick too, uh, for the first 10 picks of the first round of the NFL draft next Thursday. It falls on the day we record the show, so we figured we'd go live for it. Uh, so we're going to do that in some uh, form or fashion. We're not sure how yet or, or what that's going to look like, but it's but it's going to happen. We're going to make it we're happen. We're going to have though. draft coverage live throughout the rest of the first round as well. See, Zook, if we had it planned, though, that's not bruise on the balcony. That's just the way it is. You know, Hey, I think this that... is the bruise on the balcony difference, Damn and right. that's how we fly by the seat of our pants here. Amen, brother. That's the way it is. That's how we do it, baby. <laughs> All righty, guys. You stay safe. Uh, yeah, you too. I'll wrap, wrap us up here. Uh, stay inside. Stay socially distant. And uh, I'll see you guys next week. Draft almost here.